details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public. No more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Warning. The following broadcast is presented without the use of talking points, blatant hypocrisy, or Kool-Aid. You know it's bad when this guy has to become the voice of reason. It's the return of the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. that's gone completely insane. Someone had to step out of the shadows and become the voice of reason. And unfortunately, I'm usually not that guy, but here I am. Yeah, it's time to put down the Kool-Aid. Time for another exciting edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Grav Show. Our podcast, it's uh, Tuesday, September the 14th, 2010. Contact information for the program, Mike at KMGX.com. That is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Graf Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Additional information on this program available at the one, the only MichaelGraf.com. Eventually, a real website will be there. Don't make fun of it, please. I make fun of it enough as is. All right? Listen. Big show. Um, I've, there's so much happening. I was just looking at this. <laughs> For some reason, it's amazing what makes news now. It's really weird, the kind of stuff that's out there that, that's making news. Um, Barack Obama, now, I, I he gave a speech the other day, or he's giving a speech, actually. Um, this is today, I think, or tomorrow this is happening. I'm all over the place. It's on, I think it's on Wednesday, yeah. So... Schools, there's a big controversy now whether or not schools are actually going to allow the speech to be heard by the students. Look, I don't care if you like the president, if you don't like the president. Certainly, I'm not a fan. But 
This politicizing of a speech that's intended for students that is not, it's not even a political agenda. It's not a politically motivated speech. It's just a speech by the President of the United States. The fact that we actually have to have permission slips just to watch the President's speech in school. He's the President. What's the controversy? When I was in elementary school, we watched President Reagan and President uh, George W. Bush's, uh, George H. W. Bush's speeches. We watched Bill Clinton's speeches when I was in high school. and Not all of them, of course, but, you know, some of them that happened to go on at that time. Watch the president talk about the space shuttle Challenger. I still remember that. That was just bone chilling back in 86. I was in second grade when that happened. I don't know. Does everything have to be completely politicized? Does everything have to be totally polarized these days? It's the president's speech. And I know you can say, well, you know, they might make a political agenda out of it at school. The teachers might use it as an opportunity to jump on some liberal bandwagon and and start getting up there and preaching some liberal crap. Okay, fine. All right. But that's not really the issue here. The issue is whether or not they should be able to watch, students should be able to watch the speech. Because if a teacher is going to spew a liberal agenda, they're going to do that anyway, regardless of whether the president makes a speech or not. Regardless of what the president says or does, I mean, if, if you have a teacher that's set out to push an agenda and try and indoctrinate the students, that's going to happen regardless. Come on, it's, it's a presidential address. It's a presidential speech. Somehow this is controversy. And here in the Phoenix area, this is big-time controversy. Now, on the other side of the coin... I, I turn on because because I just hate myself. I am a self-loathing human being. I cannot stand my ears, and I have a I have a, a, a masochistic side like you've never seen in your life, where I love to torture my own brain. So I put on progressive talk radio. So in putting on progressive talk radio, I hear them go. We ought to sue. We ought to get the ACLU involved to try and force these schools to uh, air the speech. This is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa, whoa. All right. All right. Once again, we have gone way too far. Once again in this country, uh, we have... We have we have just this polarization. I keep saying it. It's, it's this... This dichotomy, where on one side we have the we have the president, we have the school saying we're not going to air the presidential address for whatever reason. On the other side, you have progressive talk radio saying this is clearly racially motivated. It's because he's a black man, and because um, it's these you know, these evil Republicans. And it's uh, it's all about uh, race, and we need to get the ACLU involved and sue the schools that don't air it and force them to air it, and, and there should be an injunction. All right, let's all take a breath. 
Let's all calm down here for just a second. It's the president of the United States. Whether you agree or disagree with him politically, there is nothing wrong with having students watch him give an address. It's not going to indoctrinate them. This is not Iran, okay? This is not Iran where he gets up there and he talks about hating on the Jews, okay, or anything like that. This is not something where they go up there and, and and he executes somebody on stage, okay? This is not... Hey, look, we captured some Americans. Uh, Let's flaunt them in front of you. This is not like that. It's the president talking about staying in school and staying off drugs. God, what a horrible message to preach to students. Again, I'm no fan of Obama. Believe me. The guy, I mean, look, he's a disaster as a president. I said that since like a month after he took office. And lo and behold, he's still a disaster. All you smug, smarmy, snarky kind of people that used to write me all the time and talk about how I'm being totally unfair and how this guy, he's a great man and he's a smart man and he's going to really turn this country around. Yeah, how's that working out? Where's your smarmy, snarky attitude now? How's that working out? Yeah, not so good, huh? But all of that having been said, he's still the president. And out of respect for the office... You can disagree, but come on. They're speeches. Let the students hear them. Controversy over. There's so many controversies that are not controversies right now. Like this this Koran burning that keeps going on. This pastor in Florida that's like the pastor of this teeny tiny church. He's getting national recognition because he says, I'm going to go out there on September 11th and I'm going to burn all these Korans. Well, okay, September 11th came and went. He didn't burn the Korans because I guess he made a deal with some imam down there in Florida. And now I guess the pastor claims that the imam went back on their word and the, the deal is off, so he might burn the Koran again, but then he decided maybe he won't. I mean, as my dad would have said, crap or get off the pot already. I'm slightly cleaned up for radio. Come on, man. Crap or get off the pot. Are you going to burn the Koran or don't? Just make a friggin' decision. Such indecision going on. I don't know if I should, if I should. What is this guy, like Brett Favre? This guy like Ross Perot, all right, I'm in the race. Nah, 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 okay, nah, see, now I'm in the race. Right now I'm going to get out of it because I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm going to pull out of this here right now. Now I'm back. I'm back, back in the presidential race here from running for president of the United States of America. I mean, it's like, come on, let's, where's the controversy? And we're still carrying on about this mosque at ground zero. Another controversy that's not a controversy. This country is ensconced in all of this discussion that it really can be settled simply. Here, you want me to settle all the problems that are going on right now? You want me to settle every controversy? Again, I guess I have to be the guy that does this. I have to be the guy that comes on the air and I have to settle all the controversy. Okay, here's controversy is about to be over right now. Are you rolling tape on this? All right. Controversy number one. The president's speech, should it be aired in school? The answer, yes. He's the president of the United States. Doesn't matter if he's Democrat, Republican, Green, Libertarian, whatever. Independent. You air the speech. He's the president of the United States. Respect the friggin' office. The end. Okay, that controversy's over. Can a guy burn a Koran? Yes. That controversy is over. Now, I just wish he would either do it or don't do it. Make up your mind. 
Okay, controversy two. That that one's over. And can they build a mosque at ground zero? Well, the answer is yes. It's in the Constitution of the United States of America. The guy, uh, we have a, a we have the right to practice our religious freedom. And you have the right to protest it. There, controversy over. One, two, three. I have settled weeks of controversy in, how long did that take? 35 seconds? I have settled weeks of controversy in 35 seconds. I know it kind of makes the purpose of this podcast a little weird because I could have dragged that out for an entire hour or two. But why? I listen to all these talk shows, all these talking heads. They get on the, the radio and they sit there and they go, well, uh, you know, this mosque, I, I don't know. I, I mean, this is just an affront. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's, dis- it's a middle finger by the religion of peace. Oh, of course it's a middle finger. Of course it's an insult. But at the same time, we are a nation of laws. We are a nation founded on the document of the Constitution of the United States. You know what separates us from Iran? You know what separates us from Jordan and Afghanistan and Egypt and all these other backwards places that are living in the friggin' Stone Age? You know what separates us from all of them? We don't go out there and, and kill people that are of a different belief than our own. We don't go out there and, and deny them their right to practice this. Even if it's completely offensive and disgusting to us. And right now I have to tell you that I, I don't think Islam could be lower on the, <laughs> on the like list by Americans than it is right now. I mean, people, people cannot stand all of this controversy. Which is why they don't want the damn thing built. But guess what? It's part of the Constitution of the United States, the First Amendment, and the 14th Amendment say you can. And that's it. Hours of discussion are completely unnecessary on the issue. Again, the three biggest controversies that are surrounding the state and the country right now, I solved them in 35 seconds. Anything else you need while I'm here? <laughs> All right. Um, I, I guess that's it. Can, can we just go home, pick up the chairs, put them on the tables? You guys lock up. I'm leaving because that's it. I, I think we solved it. Now, we have other things to get into, actually. Um, I want to uh, talk about... First of all, uh, there was a lot of primaries that went on today. Um, big, big day, Tuesday, primary day, the, uh, second Tuesday in September, you know, so for many States, big primary Republican primaries all over the place, tea party candidates winning in several States. And we have to talk a little bit about that. Um, how is that? Does this bode well for the November election? Are we still in the throw the bums out mindset or not? What's going to happen? Well, we'll break that down for you. We'll, Get back to that in just a few minutes. Speaking of the Iranians, the Iranians have a hostage. They actually have a couple of hostages. I'm calling them hostages because what else do you call people that were nabbed by the Iranian government, people that were just hiking in the mountains of Iraq, and they happened to 
wander across the border into Iran, allegedly, and they got kidnapped by the government. And now they're being treated as if they are spies. Like they're American spies. Because as you know, our spies typically hike in the mountains and they hang out over there. Because we want to know what Iran's mountains look like. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And again, you want to see how I would solve that. I would settle that controversy or that issue Two seconds. Ronald Reagan style. Sometimes I really wish I was the president of the United States. I mean, some part of me really wants to run for president in 2016. Because I will be old enough. I, I really, I would love to, but of course it's never going to happen. My name would be dragged through the mud and uh, the skeletons in my closet would be brought out. Not that there's really any. But the few that there are, you know, this guy, uh, he's he's never had a job. He's been self-employed. What's going on with that? So, but I would love to be the president. If I was the president of the United States for a week, you know how many problems would get fixed? You know how many issues would be fixed with the stroke of a pen, with a few executive orders, and with a couple of bombs and, and spec ops uh, strategically used across the world? Do you have any idea how many problems would be resolved very, very quickly? A lot. All right, Oprah, speaking of problems, uh, Oprah, once again, has shown herself to be, well, what a... I don't even know what to make of Oprah. You know, the the ratings on her show have been in the tank now for the last year or so. People have just finally lost interest, and she's retiring. This is her last season on the air. Uh, Yesterday, I guess, she started uh, the the first day of her final season. And she announced that she's going to take her show for a couple of days to Australia. And she told everybody that was in her audience yesterday that all of the people that were in that audience yesterday, I don't know how many people that, that was, but a couple hundred people, she's taking all of them to Australia with her. I, I don't know. I, this, this Oprah can't go away fast enough. This woman cannot get off the air fast enough for my taste. But whatever. We'll get into it. Um, the Australian government and, and residents in Australia are not exactly thrilled that Oprah is coming there. And we'll tell you why. It's a very interesting reason. That's coming up in just a little bit. I have to tell you about this. So, you know, HDCP, do you know what that is? That is the, that's the uh, high definition. That's the high bandwidth digital content protection. It's on HDTV. They use it so that you can't just steal the video, rip the video, and just post it on the internet. It's, it's their digital encryption system. Well, uh, it's got a security hole, and uh, now uh, people, can just, people can just take the HD signal and rip it directly to video and, and send it out over the internet and pirate it and copy it. So Intel is very upset at this, and... Uh, uh, well, gee, um, I like how they kind of use this as, well, it's a big security hole and, and people could use this in, in nefarious purposes. I, nefarious, what, making a copy of a show that you watch? Well, you know, this is the same uh, technology that's used on iTunes to digitally encrypt their stuff. 
I always have said this. Do you know how easy it is to actually steal video from uh, an HD receiver or from um, from iTunes, steal video or audio from their system? You think it's really hard to copy that? No, it's not. That HDCP stuff, that, that stuff is, it's very easy to get around. Now, I would never encourage you to do that because it is incredibly illegal, okay? It's it's a violation of the, I guess, of the DMCA, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, and many other copyright violations. So just for entertainment purposes, for example, if you have iTunes and you want to take something that's copywritten on, on there and you want to take it off, like let's say it's audio, okay? What you do is you just pop open a copy of Audition, like Adobe Audition or Cool Edit Pro, whatever you have, or SoundForge or whatever recording tool you have. And you simply press record and then play the audio that you wish to copy. And boom, in four minutes or whatever, however long the song is, now you have a digital copy of that audio. Uh, That's easy. That's one way to get around it. Again, this is strictly for entertainment purposes only. I'm not encouraging you to break the law. I'm not encouraging you to usurp copyright law uh, to get around the um, the DMCA or or the HDCP or any of that stuff. I'm just saying that you know it can be done very easily. Uh, then we have a whack job woman. This is a, from the Michael Graff Show Stupid News File. We'll talk about this coming up in a little bit. A whack job woman that uh, had a migraine and now she woke up with a French accent. Who is it? Britney Spears? Remember when Britney was walking around with the British accent for a while? Remember that? That was, that was interesting. We'll get to all of that. Anyway, um, Mike at KMGX.com. That would be the email address. It's uh, Mike at KMGX.com, Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. That's also our PayPal address, Mike at KMGX.com. You can always donate to this show. We would certainly encourage that kind of behavior because... Well, because this show needs your donations. Plus, I have uh, voiceover clients that just don't pay me, so... I need uh, income to supplement that. No, I'm mentioning it on the air. If you're one of my voiceover clients right now and you know who you are, pay your friggin' bill. If I sound a little fired up today, I am, okay? Listen, I can't solve all the world's problems... Well, I guess I just did. In one segment of my show, I did solve all the problems. And I have more problem solving still to do. Just a lone voice behind a microphone. The voice of reason, common sense. It's me. It's Michael Groff. We'll be back. More coming up. Michael, uh, The zip code famous Michael Groff show. Coming right back.
right, back with segment number two. It's Michael Groff happening here. All right, doing our exciting podcast Tuesday, September 14th, 2010. It's late. I mean, technically, as I'm doing this, it's Wednesday, but whatever. We should just really call this the Insomniacs Podcast. All right. Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. Also, the PayPal address for your most generous contributions to this program. Michael Grav Show on AOL Instant Messenger. You can always contact us via that avenue. And naturally, MichaelGroff.com for all other Michael Groff needs. So this is kind of funny. I just have to get this out of the way. So a listener sent me this. A listener sent me this song and said, Mike, this is a song. It's on the urban chart right now. It's by somebody. Let me make sure I get this name correct here. Um, I loaded it up into the system here. It's a, this, is an, this is a hit on the urban chart. It's like number 10 right now. Nicki Minaj. Okay, N-I-C-K-I-M-I-N-A-J. Nicki Minaj. Okay, it's this song. Listener writes and says, Mike, this is by far the worst song that's out there right now. It's a hit. It's on the charts. It's getting played on the radio where I am. It's the worst song I've ever heard. It's worse than any song you play on the pop charts. So, this listener says, it's really that bad. So I haven't actually listened to it. But I, I want to check this out because as I understand it, uh, well, I, I trust this person to tell me that this is really the worst song ever. So let's see. This is, uh, this is Nicki Minaj and the song is called, I don't know. I, I haven't, again, I haven't pre-listened to it. So I don't know. This is called Your Love. All right. All right. Let's check this out. Bring this up. All right, here we go. go. Oh, seriously, come on. Sampling Annie Lennox. Okay, I'm I'm inclined to agree. This is pretty awful. Is this English? What? What? 
apple on a tree. S on my chest, cause I ain't ready to give up on anybody that plays them. And I think I love them, I love them just like I raised them. When he call me mama, little mama, I call him baby. This is really, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. First of all, that's the most annoying song to sample from Annie Lennox. That's uh, No More I Love You's is where that, that little sample in the background comes from. What? All right, we have to look up the lyrics. This is, just, I, I can't take it. Hang on. Because you know the snitches be putting the Jake on. What is I think I give up. I think I give up on the human race. I'm leaving. I'm going to Mars. I'm getting... I'm going to jump off the Chrysler building. I give up. All right, here are the lyrics for this uh, awe-inspiring song. Here we go. Ready? Okay, the lyrics are shouty, shouty, S-H-A-W-T-Y. Shouty, I'm I'm a only tell you this once, you the illest. Dat for dat, 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 dude. Then it goes on, and for your lovin', I'm a diehard like Bruce Willis. Ba 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 da da o. Oh. You got spark. You you got spunk. You you got something all the girls want. You're like a candy store. I'm like a toddler. Oh come on, candy store and toddler. T-O-D-D-L-O-R, Todd Lore. Come on. Why do we bother to send kids to school anymore? Why do we bother? You know what? Now, I, I we do spend way too much on education in this country because all the money we're spending on education in this country is worthless. Listen to what we're turning out. You're like a candy store. I'm like a Todd Lore. You got me wanting more and ma and mama more of your love your love yeah repeat four times your love your love okay now here we go so that's that's kind of like the core okay here we go now it's yo he the type to pop he the type to pop tags and be cocking the brim might breeze through the av might stop at the gym and he keep a da rug, keep keep his wave on swim. What? Well, waves on swim, so they hate on him. Anyway, anyway, I think I met him some time before in a different life or where I record. I mean, he was Adam. I think I was Eve. 
but my vision ends with the apple on the tree. S on my chest because I'm ready to save him because I'm the one like I'm Tracy McGrady because I'm the one like I'm Tracy McGrady. And I think I love him like Eminem calls us shady. When he call me mama, I'll, when he call me mama, little mama, I call him baby. And then it's back to the chorus, chorus uh, shorty, I'm going to tell you this once, you're the illest. And for your loving, I'm a diehard like Bruce Willis, but uh, da, da, oh, you got spark, you, you got spunk, you, you got something all the girls want. You're like a candy store. I'm like a toddler. You make me wanting more and mama more of your love, your love, your love, your love. Oh, there's more. Okay. He, they type to keep a couple hundred grand in a rubber band. All right, let's see. Here we go. All right. He, the type to keep a hundred grand. He the type to keep a couple hundred grand in a rubber band. Just left money gram in the lemon lamb. What's the... What the hell does this mean? Hot damn, make me scream like summer jam. I mean, that nigga must be from the motherland. Anyway, I think I met him in the sky when I was a geisha. He was like a samurai. Somehow I understand him when he spoke Thai. Dude, you you must be speaking Thai cuz I ain't understanding you. If he understands you then maybe you two are meant to be together cuz this is in English and I don't get one friggin' word. Either I'm I'm 32 years old. Okay, I don't think I'm that out of it, but maybe I am. What does this mean? Never spoke lies and he never broke fly. Never spoke like I'd love to just sit here and spend the entire podcast trying to break this song down. S on my chest, let me get my cape on. Wear the certificate that I changed my name on. Nah, 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 name on. Wear the certificate that I changed my name on. Okay, let me see. Let's see if we can follow this. Favorite Flintstones character, Bam Bam. What is that? Oh, that that's not a... That lyric's not in here. Wait, wait, back that up, because that wasn't, that wasn't on this lyric sheet. Because you know the, the snitches be putting the Jake on. Alright, the person that sent me this, they didn't want me to put their name on the air, but they're right. This is this is the worst song I've ever heard. This is worse. Okay, this is worse than anything on the pop chart. 
It's worse than that Katy Perry song. It's worse than anything we've got in here. That that's it. Search is over. The search is over. That that's it. We're done. Wow. All right. Nope, this that that's it. That's that's the worst song I've ever heard. I can't go on with the show. I I am disgusted to be part of the human race now. <laughs> and that song, you know that song is going to be on the pop chart eventually. Right now it's on the urban chart, but you know that that song's going to make it all the way over to the pop chart somehow some way. That song's going to be on there. I have I have no idea how. Can you imagine there's a program director that sits in his office and he, and, and, you know, he listens to the new songs that have come out and he's talking to like maybe a record company executive and he's sitting there going, all right, well, why don't we play that new uh, Nicki, uh, whatever, uh, Minaj song. Let me, let me check out that song. So he puts it on. <clears throat> he sits there. He puts this on. All right. Just like this. So, like I'm a program director. I'm sitting there right now. I'm, I'm sitting there going, okay, sample of Annie Lennox. All right, cool. Okay, I don't really understand the lyrics. Okay. It just sounds a little bit like that chick uh, JoJo that was out a few years ago, that, that like 14-year-old kid that put out songs. It kind of sounds like that. In fact, it sounds exactly like that chick. So, like, I'm listening to this song as a program director. And I go, like, how is it that my mind would go, this would sound great on my airwaves? I mean, I wouldn't even know if I was violating FCC uh, regulations by putting this on, because who knows what she's saying in there. Might as well be in German. But my vision ends with the apple on a tree. Let's on my chest because I ain't ready to save them. Ready to give up on anybody that plays them. And I think I love them. I love them just like I raised them. When he call me mama, little mama, I call him baby. Shawty, I'ma only tell you this once. You the Okay, I don't know what it means. I have no idea. I, I'm trying to sit here. I'm like reading these lyrics. I'm like listening to the song. I'm trying to figure out what it means. I have no idea. If anybody in this audience can explain it, come on. Uh, I'll give you a dollar. Because there's no way you can understand that that you can't inter. Like I can read it. Shouty, I'm going to tell you this once. You're the illest. Shouty. 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 I don't know. Like, what happened to songs where there's instruments? Like, I'm missing Hanson all of a sudden. <laughs> I'd rather hear Mbop. <laughs> like, seriously, I'd rather, yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather listen to this. I mean, I have, I, I don't really know a whole lot about what's going on here either, but it's at least real instruments. These guys are like 30, these guys are like 35 now. They're working at an Olive Garden someplace. They're like, 
Mbop, and and the customer's like, yeah, I remember you. Uh, by the way, I'll have the uh, I'll have the pasta visual. At least, now even that's more tolerable than that song. This listener is right. It's the worst song I've ever heard. Congratulations, you found it. You know, we were, we were going to do that a few years ago. We were going to have like a countdown of the worst songs ever. I remember like in that list, we had Eiffel 65. We had uh, stuff like uh, Snow. We had... Um, there's a lot of bad songs from the 90s that were actually in that list. Yeah, this song was in there. This was, uh, this, this song, this song was definitely in there. Could you imagine how brain dead you'd have to be to listen to this song and go, man, what a great tune. Now, if you're doing ecstasy someplace at a party, or you're dropping acid, or you're... Oh, listen, I've smoked weed, and I've got to tell you something. Uh, there's not enough... There's not enough weed you could pack into a bowl that would make me go, this is a good song. Then again, I dated somebody that actually had this entire album, so what does that tell you? They're like, yeah, I got the Eiffel 65 album. Let's listen to it. And you know, what's funny is every song sounded just like this. I, I guess that's probably not that funny. That's pretty much expected. But do you know what? Even this is still better than that Nicki Minaj song. Yeah, we came up with this whole list. And now, and like listeners were sending in their votes and I was telling them up. And um, yeah, Mambo number five was on there. Um, Aini Kamozi was on there. Yeah, this song, this this song was on there. <laughs> this song's pretty awful too. Avril Lavigne girlfriend was on there. This song, yep. But at least I understand all the words in this song. It it doesn't completely molest my ears. Yep, so congratulations, that guy uh, that sent that in. You found the worst song. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that information except to tell you, please avoid Nicki Minaj, Your Love. It is officially, it's the worst song I've heard in 32 years, almost 33 years of life on this planet. Matter of fact, it makes me want to jump off the planet. Makes me want to sail off the edge of the flat earth. (laughs) It's really repulsive. Like aliens that come here, that master interstellar travel, they come here, they hear that song and they go, you know what? I want to blow up this planet. There's nothing redeeming about a planet that says, Shody, I'm going to tell you this once, you're the illest. 
I'm a I'm a die hard for you like Bruce Willis or whatever the lyric was. That is the worst. I, I have never I've never heard such lyrical genius in my life. I, I really haven't. I've never heard something quite like that. I mean, even we all live in a yellow submarine better. Anything. Even the cornball 80s or 90s pop hit or 70s tune at the car wash. Anything better than this. Like, they'll rhyme anything. You're like a candy store. I'm a toddler. I went to school with a toddler. Seriously, his name was Todd Lore. See, now I don't even want to talk about the rest of the stuff I had here. All right, so they had uh, the primaries went on. Big Tuesday primary here. And uh, the Tea Party favorite, Christine O'Donnell. She, um, well, she was like this big time, you know, no, she doesn't have any experience in government. Well, she, she defeated Mike Castle for the Republican Senate nomination in Delaware on Tuesday, posing a major upset in the political establishment on the last big day of primaries. With all precincts reporting, O'Donnell beat Castle 53 to 47%. See, this is where I kind of think, you know what? We really are going to throw the bums out in November. I mean, there's going to be a massive house cleaning. Not just Democrats, but Republicans. You're seeing this. The, the established Republican and Democratic candidates, it's, it's a shakeup, and it's going on from the top down. Sure, here in Arizona, we still stuck with the same old John McCain and that kind of garbage. But in other places in the country, they're, they're starting to wake up. They're realizing. This same group of... of bureaucrats, the same group of politicians has gotten us into this mess in the first place. It's high time we get out of it and we need to do something to get out of it. O'Donnell stood her ground as uh, she closed out the race by accusing Castle of selling out to the moderate wing of the party, hailing her with uh, Tuesday as a victory uh, for citizen politicians. She urged Republicans to bury the hatchet and work with her over the next two months to defeat to defeat uh, Coons, which is the um, <clears throat> which is the uh, Democrat um, nominee there, the Democrat candidate. Quote: A lot of people have already said that we can't win the general election. O'Donnell said in her victory speech, joining the crowd in a "Yes, we can" chant. It is those same so-called experts who said that we had no chance of winning the primary. It will be hard work, but we can win, she said. The Tea Party Express said that it hoped that the National Republican Senatorial Committee would reconsider its decision not to support O'Donnell. See, this is the thing. This this Tea Party, everybody said, oh, this is big. This is great news for the Republicans, this Tea Party. Not really. That's the thing. This Tea Party is not out there to endorse Republican candidates. They are out there to throw the bums out. Maybe there's a few Republican candidates that they'll support. Sarah Palin got on this, uh, her little tea parties, but she came down here and, and did McCain a solid. And she came to the state of Arizona and said, oh yeah, I support John McCain. And she threw her weight behind that. 
Look, McCain was going to win the primary in the state of Arizona, whether or not Sarah Palin showed up. It didn't really matter. Quote, the voters in the Republican primary have spoken, and I respect that decision, Mike Castle said. Tea Party back candidate uh, Ovita Lamontagan, I, I don't know, uh, also took the lead in the GOP primary contest for Senate in New Hampshire. In total, seven states and Washington, D.C. held primaries on Tuesday. Primaries in New York and Wisconsin emerged as must-see races with embattled Congressman Charlie Rangel of New York overcoming his toughest challenge in years and GOP businessman Ron Johnson winning a chance to take on uh, the vulnerable Senator Russ Feingold from Wisconsin. Yeah, Russ Feingold, he's another guy that's going to get thrown out probably. Again, throw the bums out. It's a good sentiment, and I totally agree with it. And it's about time we got on this. You know, we have, for too long in this country, we have sat back and we have watched the Republicans spend us into oblivion. We watched the Democrats spend us further into oblivion. We watched the the Democrats come in and try and blame the Republicans for everything that went wrong. Meanwhile, under their watch, the Dow has dropped over 5,000 points. Under their watch, uh, unemployment has gone from 4.6% to 10%. Under their watch, uh, our GDP has decreased to its lowest level. Under their watch, major economic indicators are down. Consumer confidence, inflation is uh, well, in, inflation is is kind of held in check simply by the fact that nobody has any money to spend. But the national debt, way up. Remember, when the Democrats took control of the House and Senate back in 2007, the national debt was just about $9 trillion. Now, it's over $13 trillion. It's about $13.5 trillion. So I just want to point that out, and I'm going to continue to point that out. And even if it sounds a little bit repetitive on these shows, uh, it still needs to be mentioned. It needs to be brought to the forefront. This is what Americans are finally getting tired of. I don't know what took this country so long. I don't know when it comes time to actually pull the levers and cross the little lines and and or punch out the chads or press the buttons or whatever it is that you do to vote in your particular area. But when it comes time to do it, when push comes to shove, I certainly hope that the American people have the stones to actually go into the polls and do it and actually get rid of these guys that they have been promising to get rid of and that they've said they're so tired of and the same old, same old of Washington. And that they're tired of Obamacare. They're tired of tax increases. They're tired of all of these questions that are just not being answered to their satisfaction. And that they're going to go in there and they're going to put some people in that are going to make a difference. Maybe. But who knows? You know, it's one thing to say it. It's one thing even to do it in a primary. But when it comes time to actually vote in November, when it comes time to put these folks in or to vote the incumbents out. Will people do it? Well, we've heard this for years. We've heard that people are saying, ah, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to throw them out. But then when they get to the polls, well, I don't know. I, 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 guess, I guess the same old thing is better than the unknown.
That's what happens. That's what these people do. And it's a frustrating philosophy to a guy like me who always sort of endorses the third party candidates. Or generally speaking, I do. So. All right. Um, let me take a break. And then when we come back, we'll, um, we'll get into some other stuff. We have, we have things to uh, attend to. We have Iran. They're out of control. I remember when That's a problem I would solve in, in like two seconds also. The Iranian situation. Don't worry about that. I would, I would so solve that in an instant. If you don't know what we're talking about, you will in just a few minutes. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. We'll take a break. Come back with a third and final segment right after this. Hold on one second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before we can go to break here, I, I did promise a listener I would do this. You know, one of my stupid ideas. At one point, um, weeks ago, I threw out the idea that if you want to send a donation, you can dictate what bumpers we play to go to breaks with. And that we'll play those for you. So, you know, we do these shows so infrequently that um, what happens is, is then people send these emails and I sort of forget to do this kind of stuff. So, I don't know, a few weeks back, a listener sent a donation and said he wanted to hear a Toby Keith bumper to go to break. So, all right, I guess, I guess I'll do that. I don't even know if we have Toby. We, we, I know we do somewhere. Somewhere in the library here, we have, uh, we have Toby Keith. And that's what he wanted to hear to go to break. So, let's do that. Let's take this break now. Officially, and uh, here's uh, little, yeah, little I won't talk about me. It's 1025 KNIX, the Valley's country leader. He did make the donation, so I'll play it here. About your work, how your boss is a jerk. We talk about your church and your head when it hurts. We talk about the troubles you've been having with your brother, about your daddy and your mother and your crazy ex-lover. We talk about your friends and the places that you've been. We talk about your skin and the dimples on your chin, the polish on your toes and the run in your holes, and God knows we're gonna talk about your clothes. You know, talking about you makes me smile. But every once in a while, I wanna talk about me, wanna talk about I. I wanna talk about number one, oh my, me, my, what I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. I like talking about you, 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 usually. But occasionally, I wanna talk about me. Classic hit station and Jerry Rafferty. Mostly sunny at a high of 103 this afternoon. And tonight, uh, clear of a night low 71. Right now, it's 79 degrees in Phoenix. Take a little wide down on Baker Street on the Classic Hit Station. Winding your way down on Baker Street. Light in your head and dead on your feet Well, another crazy day You're drinking 
forget about everything. What a great song. This city doesn't make you feel so cold. It's got so many people, but it's got no soul. And it's taking you so long to find out you were wrong when you thought it held everything. I used to think that it was so easy. You used to say that it was so easy. But you're trying, you're trying love this song, right? Well, let's play this the rest of the show. Just one more year and then you'll be happy. But you're crying, you're crying now. One of those songs that probably a 32-year-old guy shouldn't like. It's the super sounds of the 70s. You're here. I don't know. I like this song. What, what can I tell you? All right. Third and final segment, Mike at KMGX.com, our email address. That's also our PayPal address so you can donate to the show. Because who wouldn't want to hear more of me singing along with Baker Street? Also, Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. And for everything else Michael Graff related, you can go to the one, the only, michaelgraff.com. And um, one day, a real sight. But if it's going to be done, it's it's going to be done by uh, the hot chick designer girlfriend that I have. It's not going to be done by me because... We've seen what my designs for the website are like circa 2001, and I still maintain that a bad, badly designed site is worse than no site at all. It's kind of like walking in public naked is a lot worse than not walking in public at all. Well, it is for me anyway. That's what the officer told me, but... All right, so... Once again, I'm just going to take it upon myself to solve a big problem that the United States is facing here. Once again, the Iranians are are out of control, and um, we need to deal with this little problem because... One, they're at it again. So you heard about this uh, this American, uh, Sarah Showered. Sarah Shored. Uh, she was um, released from a cell. She was released from Tehran's Evan Prison. And now she's uh, on a jet heading back across the Persian Gulf. Uh, she is... Um, there was a diplomatic deal that was done uh, to cover a $500,000 bail, and uh, that secured her release. But the problem is, 
Two other people, including this woman's fiance, are still being held by the Iranian government. Here's what happened. So these these people were hiking in the mountains of Iraq, okay? And they happened to wander, allegedly, they wandered across the border into Iran, okay? And they got, of course, uh, abducted, captured, taken, arrested by the Iranian government. They threw him in jail, and then the Iranian government, in their infinite wisdom, decides that, well, these are obviously American spies. And they locked him away in prison, and that's where they are probably going to stay forever. Except that there's been deals negotiated for their release. Well, at least for one of their releases. Uh, This Sarah Showered says, quote, I'm grateful and I'm very humbled by this moment. She said before boarding the plane in Tehran for the two-hour flight to Oman, the whirlwind departure of the 32-year-old showered brought little, uh, little change for two other Americans, her fiancé Shane Bauer and Josh Fatal, who remained behind bars while authorities moved toward possible trials on spy charges that could bring up to 10 years in prison if they are convicted. Now, the Iranian government claims they... They swear up and down that they have evidence to support that these are spies. But every single account says that these are just people that were hiking in the mountains in Iraq and they got captured for allegedly wandering into Iranian territory. Now, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm just not going to buy into it. My only problem with this story is that, okay, these are... Why would you go hiking in the mountains of Iraq? I mean, aren't there mountains here in the United States to hike? Aren't there places here in this country to go hiking? Like, if you go wandering over to Iraq and, like, suddenly you get captured by um, by the Iranians or by the the Taliban or whatever, whoever the hell is over there, okay, you wander around, isn't it kind of your fault? Like, who decides, who sits there and says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to willingly go over to Iraq and I'm going to go hike in the mountains. Because, you know, Iraq is so incredibly beautiful. Got, well, with all the bomb damage and, and uh, with, all the, with all the firefighting going on uh, uh, constantly, all the, uh, the back and forth between insurgents and uh, U.S. soldiers, which, of course, supposedly isn't going on at all anymore. Like, what would possess somebody to say, I'm going to go out for a hike. Where? Uh, The mountains of Iraq, right next to the Iranian border. I'm going to go over there because that seems good. Maybe I'll find some old uh, discarded chemical weapons uh, canisters out there. You know, uh, that could be a souvenir. I could bring it back. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of shells that are just lying in the mountains over there that have never gone off from uh, the years that Iran and Iraq were at war with each other in the 80s. All right. Well, whatever. How I would handle this, by the way, this is how I would handle it. President Groff would have this handled in a second. I would say to the Iranians, um, listen, stop the shenanigans. Here's what's going to happen. If you don't release them, um, for every hour that goes by that you don't release them, I destroy a city of yours. I uh, will destroy a city. We will just drop a bomb on a city of yours every hour that you don't release them uh, until you do or until all of your cities are gone. That's how I'd handle it. 
Situation resolved. No big deal. That's how you take care of that situation. That's how you have to deal with these animals because that's the only language that they understand. We're going to sit there and have diplomatic... These pro- they probably... It's just like, remember when they captured those 15 British seamen? Remember when they took those guys uh, that were supposedly in Iranian waters, but of course later it came out that they weren't. They weren't even... They were, they were several miles away and the Iranians just boarded their ship and they, and they took them into custody... How I would have resolved that if I were the Brits, I would have said, okay, release them or we annihilate your country. You're, you're gone. Everybody in your country will be dead if you don't release them. We will treat it as an act of war and we will blow you to little bits and pieces. See, that's how Ronald Reagan handled this kind of stuff. When Jimmy Carter was the president and the Iranian hostage situation dragged on for 400 days, 444 days, Ronald Reagan took his oath of office and it was over. Now, of course, the conspiracy theorists, the nuts out there go, well, that was all arranged. It was all set up. Uh, The Illuminati, uh, you know, uh, black helicopters and the pyramid on the one dollar bill. They all conspired to make that happen so that President Reagan looked good. Whatever. All I know is that uh, the Iranians never tried that crap again while President Reagan was in office. Why is that? Because Ronald Reagan was crazy enough. He would have blown everybody up. That's what he did. Yeah, people could screw with George W. Bush. I mean, everybody said, oh, he's a cowboy, he's a renegade. Yeah, but not really. But you didn't screw with Ronald Reagan. You know, I mean, this Obama, he probably doesn't even know that, uh, that there was hostages. And I'm calling them hostages because what else do you call it when people are abducted for allegedly wandering into another country, even though it it seems that they didn't? What do you call it when a government just takes people and then won't release them and then wants to charge them with, you know, on trumped up charges of being spies? What else would you call that? I would call that hostage. I would call that... Uh, abduction. I would call that kidnapping on the part of the Iranian government. And what I would do if I were uh, if I were President Obama, I would have said this. I would have said to him, "Listen, you better release them because we've got bombs and uh, we kind of know how to use them. We have a whole stockade of cruise missiles that are just sitting there in the Gulf. We that you know we have left over from the war in Iraq." I mean, we can just point them, we can just change the trajectory ever so slightly and uh, fire them right into Tehran. How would you like that? Come on, Mike, are you really advocating that we get violent with... Yeah, uh, pretty much. That's, that's what I'm advocating. Yeah, actually. It's the only language that barbaric animals such as the Iranians understand. This is the same country that indoctrinates their people to hate Jews. They tell you that the Holocaust never happened. They tell you that uh, the Zionist nation will fall and that they will burn in a sea of fire and that anybody that supports them will die along with them. This is the same group of people that is all part of the religion of peace nuts out there. They openly give money to Hezbollah and Hamas and other terrorist organizations. Uh, What else do you need to know about the Iranians? They're animals. And me, I'm not for getting involved in what uh, other countries are up to anymore. I'm not about it. However, when you take Americans 
as prisoner, then it becomes a whole different story. It's an act of war. People that are minding their own business and you take them prisoner and you trump up a bunch of charges against them. Seems like an aggressive, provocative action to me, wouldn't you say? All right. Also in the news, uh, Oprah. Oprah plans to film one of her final shows in Australia. And apparently everybody that was in the audience of her show the other day is going to get to uh, take part in this. She's going to fly all of them out to Australia as well. And, you know, you might say, well, that's that's kind of cool, a feel-good story. Uh, I, I don't know how popular Oprah is in Australia, but I guess she probably is. I mean, what else? What is, what is there to watch in Australia? I mean, they just take our shows and broadcast them on an, on an incredible tape delay over there. They, they, I know they have the Today Show on over in Australia. And it's, it's delayed by a, a, a huge amount. But they watch it. Hey, we got we to put on the uh, Yank shows, right, mate? You know? All right, 6.59, uh, Melbourne's Channel 7. Uh, coming up, because we don't have anything else to uh, talk about over here in Australia. Uh, we're going to put on, uh, we're going to see what the Yanks are up to this morning, right, mate? Meanwhile, 18 degrees, going all the way up to 31 centigrade this afternoon. And uh, we'll uh, talk, talk at you later. Bugger all. But Oprah is going over there, and uh, she's going to have her show from Australia. Uh, but not everybody's excited about it. Uh, they say this is going to cost, this show is going to cost Australian taxpayers more than $2.5 million Australian dollars. This according to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Australia's tourism minister... Uh, Martin Ferguson said that it had received about 2.5 million Australian dollars in federal and state government funding in a bid to tempt the U.S. talk show uh, megastar down under in a major tourism boost for the country. So Australia actually spent money to tempt Oprah to come there. That doesn't speak very highly for Australia. Uh, come to Australia, mate. I mean, it's such a great country. We, uh, we'll pay you $2.5 million dues just to come down here. <laughs> Are you kidding? Really? Quote, the decision of the Oprah Winfrey show to actually come to Australia is a major coup, Ferguson told the ABC. Quote, and announcing it in the U.S. overnight, she described it as her dream destination. And that means we're going to get a major international opportunity to lift Australia's profile as a premier tourism destination. Right. Australia's so good, we only have to pay you 2.5 million Australian dollars to come here. Meanwhile, the Sydney Daily Telegraph reported that Aussie fans of the TV talk show queen will get the chance to be in the audience for her Cindy uh, for her Sydney Opera House broadcast on December 13th or 14th, with ticketing to be offered in an Olympic Games-style ballot. Wow, really? Seating for 3,000 people will be available when the host brings the final season of her program to Sydney. 
Winfrey announced her secret plans Monday night, offering her entire studio audience and crew, approximately 450 people, a trip to Australia, uh, causing a media frenzy. The Telegraph reported early Tuesday that Winfrey will spend nine to ten days in Australia where she and a team will, quote, travel throughout the country to gather stories. Yeah, because, you know, there's so much to do in Australia. The star's friend and uh, Qantas ambassador John Travolta was initially touted as the man who would fly Winfrey and her entourage across the Pacific. But he's expecting the birth of his third child with wife uh, Kelly Preston in December when the Oprah production team is due in Sydney. So I guess John Travolta is not going to fly them there. Man, and I was hanging on every every word there, uh, hoping that John Travolta would fly Oprah. Who cares? More self-importance from Oprah. I'm going to take my show to Australia. Great. And only at the cost of $2.5 million to the Australian taxpayer. That's wonderful. I'm sure they're happy about that. Listen, I don't know how Australia's economy is doing relative to the United States. I, I, don't, I don't know how, uh, if they're experiencing down, sort of a downtrend or not. I would imagine so, um, as the UK has certainly experienced some, something of a downtrend. Canada has, and since uh, Australia is a commonwealth, I would presume that they are also experiencing economic downturn there. But even if they're not, two and a half million bucks uh, to get Oprah to show up and do a show there, or a couple of shows... Oh, but she's also going to tour the country and uh, she's going to get stories. Yeah, she's going to go around. She's going to do some fluff pieces. I'm standing outside. Uh, I'm, I'm out here. I'm, uh, I'm on the Gold Coast right now. I'm uh, near uh, Brisbane. Uh, and we're going to head up to Toowoomba later tonight and we're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at their, their three, uh, their three buildings. Uh, and then we're going to head over to, uh, <laughs> we're going to head to Alice Springs and then we're going to head out to Western Australia and, uh, we're going to look at, uh, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of things to look at here from Queensland all the way to Western Australia. We'll cover it all from New South Wales. I mean, really? All right. Um, anyway, let's get out of here. Let's call it a night. <laughs> I have more stuff I want to get into. You know what? I'm going to mention this just before we leave real quick. This is just kind of a, this is kind of weird and kind of cool. So, you know, Intel has really, um, they have this technology that they have on their, um, on HDTV. It's called, um, it's called HDCP, which is uh, the High Bandwidth Digital Content Protection. And they do this to make it so that you can't just copy stuff. Like, uh, they, they put this on Blu-ray players, HDTV broadcasters, set-top boxes, and more. But on Tuesday, uh, reports came out suggesting that there's a hole in the security scheme that uh, had been uncovered. Representatives from Intel, which invented the technology... Acknowledge that they are investigating a possible security breach. Quote, we're familiar with the, uh, with the rumors 
uh, that are out there about the alleged HDCP compromises and are currently investigating it. Intel uh, told this to Fox News, quote, We have so far been unable to verify, uh, but at this point, uh, any alleged hack is speculative and rumor. No, it's not. I mean, anybody that's uh, come up with, uh, you know that people have already come up with a way to hack uh, the HDCP system so that they can make copies, perfectly good digital copies of Blu-rays, of stuff that's coming in off their HDTV boxes, st- ways to record that kind of thing. That, that's very easy to do. That's simple. Just like iTunes had that protection. Remember several years ago when Sony... Sony Entertainment, Sony Music spent like $3 million coming up with this system to encrypt CDs so that you couldn't put them in your computer and rip them, so that you couldn't make digital copies of stuff that was on CD. Literally, they spent some $3 million investigating this technology that they did. And all it is is they have, a, they have like a hidden first track of the CD that when the computer goes to read it, it, uh, it, it, it sees this and it, it gets stuck in a loop you know, because it can't read the, the initial track, so therefore it can't read the rest of the CD and therefore it can't rip any of the, of the tunes off of there, so you can't make copies of the CD. Except there's one little problem. So they spent all that money and all that time and all those resources trying to come up with that technology. Then some kid goes on like ABC's uh, Good Morning America or something like that, and he takes a Sharpie and he draws around the the edge of the CD and boom, he gets around the $3 million technology. Whoops. Some guy took a, a, some kid takes a Sharpie that you can buy at a dollar store and uh, outdoes Sony's multi-million dollar research project in a matter of a couple of seconds. <laughs> that was that was great. You know, I love to see that kind of stuff. I don't know why, you know, people think, oh, Mike, you're, you're all about, yeah, what are you, are you endorsing people stealing this material? Well, you know, listen, it's going to happen. No matter what kind of encryption you put out there, no matter what kind of system you come up with, there's always going to be somebody that's going to be able to get around it. And there's always going to be a way to rip or steal or make copies of stuff. I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with if I buy a uh, thousand or if I buy five thousand dollars worth of HD equipment and satellites and uh, set top converters, Blu-ray players, and all this other stuff. Why can't I make a copy of stuff for myself? I'm not saying I want to redistribute it, but why can't I make a copy of things for myself? Oh, I have to use your storage technology. I have to use your hard drives. I have to use your DVR. I have to use your stuff. No, I don't think so. I should be able to use whatever stuff I want to use. Sorry, that's how I feel. Seems simple enough to me. All right, Mike at uh, KMGX.com. That's the email address. It's uh, Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show. AOL Instant Messenger. Um... You know, you can also uh, send us money via PayPal. And uh, we certainly wouldn't complain about that. Uh, again, uh, Mike at KMGX.com. And of course, uh, MichaelGroff.com for all your other accessory uh, Michael Groff needs. We're certainly uh, available for any of that.
We try to do this podcast as frequently as possible. We're always up to the task. You got anything you want to mention or bring to the table, you can certainly email us, send us a message. Michael Graff Show again on AOL Instant Messenger. All of our other contact information, including our chat channel. Again, I want to, I just got to emphasize this, michaelgraff.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I've solved a lot of problems on this show today. I've done a lot for humanity. One day, somebody will appreciate my talent. Until that happens, (laughs) I'm just going to be a lone voice screaming into the dark. All right, we're back uh, tomorrow or later today. I, it is, it's actually Wednesday now. It's been Wednesday. I'm, I'm doing a podcast in the middle of the night. It doesn't get any better than this, does it? Have a great night, everybody. See you tomorrow.